is Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck it. Welcome to an all new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast with your hosts, Coy Richmond and Jason Brooks. Jason, another interesting week in pro wrestling. We'll have a lot of things to talk about. The return of Seth Rollins. Two good shows on Wednesday night. We know that there'll be two Elimination Chambers this year. WWE uh, showing how wonderful capitalism is. What was that? Sunday, right? Yeah. Is that show on Sunday? Jesus Christ. I totally forgot. <laughs> Monday, you can cancel the WWE Network for a month before they go to Peacock and you get it for free. Like, no, no, I'm not canceling it Monday. I'm canceling it. Canceling it at uh, 10.01 on Sunday because these pay-per-views usually end early. Uh, I don't know when your monthly uh, subscription, you know, go, what date to what date, but yeah, I understand yeah. the point. Um, but so this is the last pay-per-view uh, on the current WWE Network, which will go over to Peacock. Um, we had some interesting shows this week. Jay, how are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Hanging in there. Um, another... Tremendous week in wrestling. Takeover was amazing. Um, so a really fun week in wrestling. Elimination Chamber, we, you know, we who knows what the hell's gonna happen. Um, I don't expect any titles to change hands, but it should be some, you know, some pretty good matches. You know, they got some good people in it. Well, at least on the SmackDown side, anyway. <laughs> well, well, we'll get into mm-hmm. that. Uh, and you know what happened on Raw and everything else as we go along. Um, so Jay, once again, we have another week. More crazy stuff going on in the real world, but you know, wrestling is our distraction. And uh, this week in the uh, Wrestling Life Facebook group, which you know, would love for everyone to join, and you could uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Workshoot Pod. Uh, we'll talk about that again later on in the episode. But you know, if you enjoy what you hear every week, you know, wherever you listen, please give us a five star review on you know iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else. Um, but we, we are going through, you know, that 50-day lull or so or pickup before WrestleMania. All the rumors going on on who might be coming in, who may not be coming in. What do you think right now? Do you think we're in coming on the weekend, you know, before Elimination Chamber? Do you think WrestleMania is in a good spot right now build-wise? Or do you think uh, we still have a long way to go before, you know, the average person's interest level is really there? I don't know, Corey. They, I feel like they build these WrestleManias. What, three days? Uh, like, usually, it, I mean, it starts in January. Even before the Rumble, it starts oftentimes. But I feel like late, you know, later and later now, it starts, you know, the last couple of years, I feel like it starts later and later because they have so many pay-per-views now that they have to kind of build up, right, in anticipation for WrestleMania. Um, so yeah, I don't know that there's a lot to be excited about. I guess what who what Edge is gonna do, what Bianca Belair is gonna do. You know, they're mentioning uh WrestleMania quite a bit more now, but um, yeah, I think they're still kind of gearing up. Yeah, and I I mean, like I said, it's about 50 days away, so we've got time, but 50 days, you know, becomes 40, becomes 30, and then all of a sudden you're like, uh, what are we doing here? And you hope that they have, you know, more of a clue than it appears right now. But the big thing that happened, you know. On Monday was, you know, the Miz decided he didn't want to be in the elimination chamber. And we have the first step, which I don't think is going to happen, but first step closer to Kofi Mania part two. Did you like the way that they did that? Are you, do you think that this is just leading to continuing the Mustafa Ali storyline where basically, you know, we're going to have a rehash where 
Ali's spot in the Elimination Chamber was taken by Kofi, and now it's just going to have the opposite way. He's going to take him out of the match, and either Ali will take his spot or Braun Strowman will take the spot. Where do you think we might go there? Um, those are all good questions. Um, I, I don't – let's put it this way. I don't think it really matters. Like, I don't think – but, you know, obviously that they're hitting at Strowman being involved in some way, shape, or form – um, I just don't see it being of any real consequence because I can't see anybody winning the title, right? Like, so to me, there's no, you know, it's fine, but there's no real consequence. I guess the question though is, you've got the SmackDown side. I loved what they did on SmackDown with Rain saying, I'm not going to be in it. I will fight the, like, it's such a heel, it's such a great heel move. And on the Raw side, you know, you've got all these old guys competing for the title. Do either one of these change hands? Do e- Does either title change hands? I think that's the interesting thing. Beyond, I don't care if Kofi's in there, Strowman's in it. Do, okay. do either one of these titles change hands? I don't think so. And that leads to me not being as interested. I think the Reigns thing is great because he's being a heel. And I also think it's great because Shazaro's in it. And that's one of, I think that's one of our, you and I's favorite guys over the last number of years who hasn't gotten the opportunity. So that's why I'm excited about the SmackDown side, the Raw side. I really don't, I really don't care um, to be honest with you. And Drew should win and I hope he wins. Um, But they also might throw us a curve too. So we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. So let's get into uh, one of our favorite things. Every couple of months we get an NXT takeover. This one was called Vengeance Day. Leading into the show, when we spoke last week, we both were hyped by the by the final build of the show. I think the show truly delivered. I think when we talk about end of the year, you know, best shows of the year, top to the bottom, I think this will be on, you know, both of our lists and most likely most pundits' lists. Uh, what are some quick thoughts, you know, of the show? Did anything, you know, either stand out, disappoint? You know, what were your overall thoughts on the event? I thought TakeOver was fantastic. Um, I thought it was, what was the last one they had? Was it War Games or did they have one before that? I think it was War Games. Was it War Games? Yeah, I mean. That was November. Yeah, I feel like like this has been their last one. So yeah, it was because they had, that's right, they had New Year's Evil, which was supposed to be kind of a TakeOver-like show. Um, But anyway, so it's the first one they've had in a while. I thought it was fantastic. Every one of these takeovers are great. And I know we're going to talk about revolution and with AEW. And I've told you this, and you know, you've maybe not agreed with me. AEW does not produce pay-per-views like, like at takeovers. Takeover is another, it's takeovers and everything else. They don't, they don't throw a lot of gimmicks in there. They don't throw a bunch of stupid matches in there and a bunch of tricks and gimmicks and exploding barbed wire, cage, electrocuting matches. They have really good matches with good storylines, with generally good psychology, and it works. I thought the show was, was absolutely incredible. Um, and, yeah, I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed all the matches, some more than others. I thought the two tag matches were unbelievable. Um, I really was disappointed Sasha and Ember Moon didn't win, but um, yeah, I thought I, the matches were a lot were different too, and I, I like that. The matches were 
Um, you know, they weren't necessarily spot fest. You had some psych, you know, a lot of psychology with Balor and Dunn and, you know, Kashida and Gargano was a little bit of a different feel too. So um, yeah, just tremendous, tremendous stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those shows that I think that if it was the main roster, it would get a lot more pub, you know, than it is right now, which, you know, that's the difference of, you know, being a show that's been on the air for, you know, for 25 plus years in raw, where everything is, you know, really publicized against being an upstart brand that's only been around, you know, as in its current form, for, you know, eight or nine years. So, I mean, I think when you have these type of shows top to bottom, it re you really have to impress. And that's what NXT does best. I mean, a lot of people coming out of the show said this was the first time in a long time that NXT felt like pre going to USA Network. And I would say that, too. And, and it just doesn't have to do with the closing angle, which I think was done really well and then we'll talk about later on the show the follow-up of what they did on wednesday which i think was done pretty well and you know we can get into some of the things that happened you know later on with uh with o'reilly on you know people thought he had a seizure when it was part you know the storyline and everything else but i really thought it was a solid show i thought the women's match over delivered i thought the tag team match was one of the best tag matches we've had since last year's revolution you know which might be the best tag team match i've ever seen yeah. i mean which is you know top of the bar and you know the new style of wrestling of, you know, the Indies becoming the mainstream. Yeah. But I thought that over delivered. I mean, I, I mean, Corey, I don't know what Wesley is going to become. He's a small guy. I don't know what he'll ever become on the main roster. You know how Vince is, but that guy reminds me of like Ricochet and Will Ospreay. I and mean, he is just as an athlete, it's just, it, he's, it's he's ridiculous, um, you know, and I like Nash Carter as well. But I mean, Wesley is just another level of an athlete. And, you know, we may never see him get a big push in the main roster. He might have to always be in tags. But, man, he is a spectacular, spectacular talent. I agree. And one of the things that really interesting is what happened at the end of this show, which I don't want him to get lost because of so many things that, you know, we're going to talk about on the show today was that basically the disbanding of what, we, what we've known for the last you know, three-plus years of the Undisputed Era. It's, you know, main roster, minor league rosters, whatever you want to talk about. Stable-wise, it's one of the best-known stables in professional wrestling in the last decade, and it's been one of the most successful. You know, when we spoke on the show last week near the end of the show, I said, you know, this, when was the last time the Undisputed Era did not have a match on a takeover? And we both were like, you know what? It might be since the debut of Adam Cole, you know, started with the brand. And you know what? There was a reason why they were on there. And the last image you had was of Adam Cole turning heel. And I think it worked really well. And the one thing I do wonder is going to WrestleMania season with there not being an NXT takeover that weekend, what does this do for Karrion Cross? You know, I mean, and both of us, I think we'll be on the same page saying Karrion Cross not being in the, the world title picture right now isn't a bad thing. But, you know, they've been building this guy up. I know that he hasn't looked great at times because of the shoulder injury coming back. But I wonder what they do with him now. You know, I think that's kind of. Yeah, but Corey, you know, he doesn't need to be the champion, right? Like, sure. look, look at all these guys in NXT. How, look at how long we talked about Io Shirai needing to be the women's champion. And now she has been for for a while, right? And look at how big she is. Sometimes it's about climbing to the mountaintop and 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 that kind of you know and telling that story. 
of them getting back to the mountaintop. So maybe his story of climbing back to the mountaintop after having the injury, after winning the title is a, a, a really, really good story than him just getting skyrocketed. Maybe they looked at this and said, hey, we need to take our time with him. You know, we need to put him in with a guy like Santos Escobar, who's a fantastic wrestler who will make him re look really, really good. You know, maybe we need to pair him with, who knows, right? Kushida, Tyler Rusts. I mean, there's a bunch of people that they could pair him with and have it be have it be interesting. That being said, he'll probably be the champion at some point, you know, in this year. Um, but I, I, I'm, I like where they're going with him. But I think the interesting thing, right, is like he is not on these shows. I mean, he was on New Year's Evil, right? Yep. And maybe he had a squash match at some point. I mean, we're, we're, we're almost into March. I think he's wrestled like once or twice on TV since he came back. Um, so I would like to see him also have, you know, a longer match or two. You know, let's have him have a 10-minute, 12-minute match. Let's see what he could do. Because the problem is with NXT, these guys are all very good. <laughs> they're all really, you know, there's not like um you know, a guy who you're like, eh, he's not really that great, but you know, they're pushing him and you know, you got to push him because of this. Dexter Loomis. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. I think Dexter Loomis has had some really good matches. I, I don't know if I even agree with that. I okay. He's had some good matches, right? So they've had guys who have a good, have had these really good matches. And so he, he's got to kind of step up to where everybody else is. And also the other thing with him, he's not long for for, for the NXT anyway. So even if he doesn't win the title, who cares? He might be coming up the Monday after Raw anyway. So there's a chance that he might not even really be that involved in NXT as it is. So, you know, I don't really super care what he does uh, as long as it's not going for the title. I think the slow build for him, I think, is, is, is the way to go. And I guess the last thing to say on the show was we had the debut of L.A. Um... L. A night. Thank you. The former Eli Drake. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with him because the guy over the last, you know, half decade has been one of the best on the mic. And, you know, people can say one way or another if they enjoy him in ring. I think he's so, okay. I think he's, I think he's fine. I don't think he's bad. But I, I, and I, I also think he's someone who could be elevated with the talent that they have. Right. So I don't think he's, you know, he's, he's not Adam Cole in a ring or Kyle O'Reilly, but I think going against those guys might help elevate him. Well, and, 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 and they don't have a talker. They don't have a talker like him. I know everyone loves Pat McAfee, but they don't have a talker like him. Well, I guess my, my only point is before we move on to the other stories of the week is that he feels like a guy who would be a better fit on the main roster Raw or SmackDown because he's more of a talker, less of an in-ring prodigy as, you know, a lot of the other guys on the product. So he kind of sticks out a little bit from what all the other guys that are there. I understand that different, different things make the soup, you know, all different ingredients in the soup. But I think he feels like, like an Elias and different people where his, his idea and his character would be better suited for the main roster, like a Damian Priest, which you're seeing now and stuff like that. So it just seemed like a weird fit for NXT. Yeah, I disagree. I think Elias didn't wasn't good on NXT because they didn't know what the hell to do with him. Well, he came to the main roster, started playing the guitar a lot, and he got over, and now they don't know what to do with him again. But um, Damian Priest 
really had a good run in NXT toward the end there. Um, and I, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think guys, as long as they're good in the ring, you know, as long as they're pretty good in the ring, which I think Eli Drake, LA Knight, I think he's pretty good in the ring. I think he brings something different to NXT. I actually think it's good for NXT to have a guy in there that's a little bit different, that's not small, that can really, really talk. Look at how crazy people want Pat McAfee and how everyone loves him and he's the best heel in wrestling and all this other shit. I think Pat McAfee has been good, but I think the fact that it was clear that NXT had nobody like him on their roster. Mm-hmm. And I think LA Knight, you know, he's now Ric Flair in the ring, but he's pretty decent and he's very good on the mic. So I, I, I think it's really good to have someone like him there. Also, he's older. So I don't think he's looking to just put himself over. So um, and I think he can help the young guys. So I, I think him being there is a, it, you know, potentially a very, very good thing. All right. That's it. I would highly recommend anybody in the life group or anyone else who gets a chance to listen to our show who hasn't had a chance to watch, maybe because they were shoveling out snow for the last, you know, two weeks, watch Vengeance Day. I would go out of my way to watch it. It's one of the best shows you're going to see this year. And, you know, we didn't get to talk about it, but the main event with Dunn and Finn Balor was a lot different than anything else on the show, but was really good in an old school grappling match. But uh, Jay, moving on, uh, we had the return of Seth Rollins on SmackDown. He returned at uh, the Royal Rumble at spot 29, should have been spot 30, you know, for an actual surprise, but whatever, move on from that. Not a big conversation piece here, but uh, what do you think of his return? And do you think he's going to be paired with Cesaro at WrestleMania? Uh, That's what it looks like. Um, and I think it would be great for Cesaro. Um, you know, they don't now that it's two nights, maybe they'll give matches a little bit longer time. You know, the one thing with these WrestleMania is everyone goes crazy with WrestleMania, and WrestleMania shows usually are not great, <laughs> like they're usually not great wrestling shows because yeah, the matches are 17. You got uh, WrestleMania 9, yeah, because yeah, you have to cram, you have to cram so much into whatever four hour block. So maybe this having two nights will really be good for someone like Cesaro. Because him and Rollins, obviously, Ring of Honor, they have a long history. They could tear it up in the ring. I, I think they would be. I think that could be a fantastic match. Uh, that, that could be a takeover level match if they give it enough time. And, you know, Cesaro still has some work to do in the mic, and he flubs his words a little bit. But, um, you know, I like what he said at the end of Talking Smack. And I, I think that could be his character moving forward. All the work that he's put in, all the things that he's done. You know, he's still fighting. He loves wrestling. You know, I, I think it was a really, really good babyface promo. As far as Rollins, I mean, it was kind of more the same with, you know, the Messiah and, you know, all that other stuff. I was hoping for a little bit of a different character change, but, you know, we'll kind of see see what happens. Um, you know, they could have brought him back as a big babyface and the challenger to Reigns. You know, that's something that they could have done. But this is a good way to elevate Cesaro and Rollins is at a point where, you know, he lost to Owens last year. If he goes against Cesaro, I could absolutely see him losing to Cesaro this year. So Rollins is at a point now where it's fun. It's interesting because you think about some of these guys in wrestling and how old they are. You know, Cesaro's 41 or 40. Sheamus is older. You know, AJ, whatever. Rollins, Reigns, and Mox, I think they're in their mid-30s. And they've already done... 
they've already done so much. I think Rollins is a little younger than, than Reigns and Moxley. And they've already done so much. And Rollins is at a point where he, you know, he could lose any match. It doesn't matter. Uh, so I, I, I like what they could do at Rollins. And SmackDown's already been a good show, but he can add a lot more to it. So we'll see where this gimmick goes. Again, a little tired of the Monday Night Messiah thing, but we'll see if they change it up here as the weeks go on. Yeah, I, I agree. I do wonder, one of the things they put on is uh, Chiron when he came out. They mentioned, which of course everyone knows that him and Becky Lynch are together. They had a kid, but they actually did mention that he was a new father. And I, you know, by putting that in there, I wonder if they're going to lean more into him, maybe his relationship with Becky now that he's returned. And if that could lean towards maybe after a short turn in the beginning, being a heel, him turning babyface when we maybe get closer to a Becky return and maybe they're in like a SummerSlam or somewhere around. He goes after, you know, Roman Reigns for the title as him as the babyface. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know that Becky has anything to do with it, and I don't think they should throw that in. Remember, they tried to do that a couple years ago. That did not make him look good. It made him look overshadowed by his tag team partner, right? So I think that they should leave that be. He announced it. That's okay. Everybody in the freaking world knows it. He has 5 million followers on Twitter. So does she. Everybody knows that they're together and they had a child and it's wonderful. They don't need to pair them up to make him more of a baby face. Um, I, I think they've gone down that road. I don't think it was terribly successful. If you're going to make him a baby face, make him a baby face based off of whatever, whatever storyline you want to do, but not off of that. He's in love with Becky Lynch and he had a baby. Like that's not going to, that doesn't make a baby face. Um, in my opinion. I don't disagree with you. Like I said, uh, what, what did you think of, and we'll get this into the, when we get to the preview, what did you think of Roman Reigns playing with him being this major heel character saying he's not going to be part of the Elimination Chamber, but he's going to go and face whoever wins it right away? I thought it was a great heel move, continuing the character. What, what was your thoughts? I, I mean, I said before when we started, I loved it. I loved everything about it. You know, it does a couple of things. One, Reigns doesn't have to be in the match. Right? Like, he doesn't have to be in the match. Um, two, it elevates other guys because you put other guys in the match. If Shizaru wins the match and loses to him, he already has an excuse. Right? I won the match. I was beat to shit. And then this guy came in and did a couple of spears. And if Shizaru wins, let's say I'm using him as an example because he's a guy who really hasn't gotten an opportunity. Right. If Shizaru wins and loses in a pretty good match with Reigns, what does that do for him moving forward possibly, right? So I love everything about it, it's, it including the fact that Reigns, it was such a great heel move. I don't know who's writing this shit on SmackDown. It's like too completely, like, I don't know if Vince knows what's going on on the show, but the fact that he, it was such a great heel move to establish him as like, I'm too big for this. Like, I don't need to be involved in this. I I basically write the checks. The checks would not be written for you guys if it weren't for me. So I don't need to put myself in this position. It, it was just, it's brilliant. It's just brilliant, brilliant storyline for wrestling. Like, it's just great wrestling storylines. I agree. And it'll be interesting where they go with this and, you know, if they have the balls to go and especially that we all think it's going to be Roman versus edge, they have the balls to actually not go with the, the fairy tale ending at the end of WrestleMania 
and keep the title on the guy who I know we don't have any crowds, but the guy who I think and I think a lot of people think is truly over for the first time as a true character in Roman Reigns with the title at the end of the day at WrestleMania. But, you know, we can talk about that more as we get closer to, you know, to WrestleMania. Um, Jay, getting on to, you know, less entertaining things, possibly. I don't know what you really thought of, but um, we had the beginning on Monday on YouTube of the uh, Women's Eliminator Tournament, the Japanese side for uh, AEW. I didn't get a chance to look at the numbers to see how uh, how many people watched. I mean, I watched the majority of the show. I thought it was handled okay. I mean, Excalibur, I think, did a really good job on commentary. Uh, the ring was super small. I mean, I can understand why this wasn't on, you know, big, you know, TNT. But I thought, you know, all four matches were, were good. I mean, Asha Khan, you know, could barely move anymore. So you had this, this woman who looked to be a pretty good athlete just basically moving around or trying not to, you know, look bad. But I thought it was a good, you know, first effort for that. And it's going to be interesting what they do next Monday with the second round with also the two extra uh, final two matches of the uh, U.S. side being on that next week's uh, YouTube special at 7 o'clock. Yeah. Um, so not a lot to say. I, I, wa- I only watched one of the matches because uh, Aja Kong, I, I can't watch her wrestle. And the Elvis woman, I did not want to watch her uh, wrestle. Um, and then the other match, I read the result before I watched. I'm like, ah. But the first match I watched was, was pretty good. Looks like I had 261,000 people uh, watched it on YouTube. So that's, 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 I mean, that's really good. That's, that's, a, that's you know, several hundred thousand people. So, um, so yeah, good job by them. I thought Excalibur was really good. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. And, you know, where do they go with, with these women? And, and the other thing is they must all be here. I mean, they obviously taped the tape this a lot, you know, whatever, maybe a few weeks ago. Uh, actually, they taped it last week in Japan. So yeah, they, I, they just ta- they just taped it last week. So the so the so they're gonna have to have the um, the women come here and maybe quarantine. Uh, um, yeah, from what I can tell, uh, Sheeta went. The reason why Sheeta hasn't been on TV. Yeah, so she like was over there. Weeks, she yeah. was over there quarantining. They did. The, I'm guessing they taped the fir- all the stuff in Japan over the last couple of days. I'm, I think you'll have the final for uh, the final will be on March third, or uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's I think it's March I think it's March third. So then the women are here now because it would, yeah, I guess they'd be quarantining now. Yeah. 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 So okay. So whoever won and Sheeta would be would be back here now. So yeah, I'm curious who they're gonna have on the the Japanese side and. Um, and hopefully it's not Aja Kong or the Elvis woman, but, or, or the, sorry, the Freddie Mercury woman. Uh, um, but, the thing is, but what do you do with that? Like, right. If you, they, they, they really can't have one of those veterans. You really should have one of the young, young women, uh, young wrestlers really uh, step up, but do, you know, say it's um, the, the young lady who won the first match and, my her name escapes me. Um, magic girl, magic yeah, the magic girl. So let's say the magic girl for you know. So let's say she wins the tournament, mm-hmm. um, wins the Japanese side, maybe loses to whom, whomever, Thunder Rosa, whoever, Britt Baker. Does she stay? Right? Is this is this a moment where a, a kind of uh, you know not history making moment, but a, a a way to make her. Right, so she wrestles this match. It's a very good match, and you know she's kind of a made person now. And then she stays in the country. 
or does she kind of go by the wayside? So that's the thing that I'm interested in because I don't think any, I don't think any of the Japanese women win this. I think uh, one of the women on the American side are going to win this. We talked about Britt Baker, we think is a favorite. So I'm curious how they're going to integrate these Japanese women onto the show moving forward. And are they going to incorporate them into the show moving forward? So I guess we'll, we'll find out. Yeah, I guess the only last thing I would say was I was a little bit surprised that Maki Ito, who has been doing a lot of stuff online with, with on Twitter and has actually lined up apparently a couple of like major interviews with uh, like um, Sean Ross Sapp apparently is going to be interviewing her in the next couple of days. They had her lose and, you know, she's and I actually watched like a mini documentary on her. She's an actually really interesting character and she does, you know. A lot of things that is this why you didn't get to watch the boys you were watching documentaries on maki ito go ahead yes mm -hmm. yes and i was listening to you know jim Cornette, you know make fun of her because you know she works in uh in you know japanese wrestling but not in stardom but um but yes yeah, so i was a little surprised that maki ito did not did not advance but i think she will be part of aw at some point going forward so i think it'll be interesting on that end but I, I, the one thing I would wonder is, what did you think, though, of the production value of the show? Did you think it was something that was minor league looking? Do you think it would have passed on being on uh, on AEW, you know, Prime, on the Dynamite show? On well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have put it on Dynamite. Um, it wasn't. And I thought it was fine to not be on Dynamite. Um, yeah, it looked a little smallish. I was expecting something different mm -hmm. um, with the Very ring. Small, and right? I was expecting, like, more of... I was expecting like stands, but I, I actually thought it was fine. You know, um, MLW does a thing where they, you know, they're at the um, the nightclub there mm -hmm. and it's kind of the, the camera's essentially just on the ring mm -hmm. and the two wrestlers and they don't show anything on the outside. And um, and I think that's one of the great things MLW does. And I think they kind of did that with AEW too. So I was fine with it. I mean, this is a pandemic. We, we I, you know, it's not like, oh my God, why doesn't this look like this? We're the pyro. You know, we, we know that that's not, that's not what we have here. So um, that didn't, no, it didn't bother me at all. I, I, MLW does some real wacky shit with their production. And, you know, it's just, I, I don't mind it. Um, different people like different things, but, you know, we're the mark. So. You know, I, I, I appreciate the fact that these women went out there and, and wrestled and, and did their thing. And so, no, that doesn't bother me at all, the production. And uh, unfortunately, this week, we won't be talking about Impact. Uh, did not get a chance. Neither of us, unfortunately, got a chance to see it. But, that thing uh, didn't record. It was bullshit. I don't know what happened. But we did have, at, just to let people know, because we are following as much as we can, you know, Finn Juice, David Finley, and Juice Robinson are now going to be on, at least for, I guess, this set of tapings. For uh, Impact, they set up a, a feud with uh, the Good Brothers. So it looks like that will be the match either at their Rebellion pay-per-view or at the March 13th uh, show called Sacrifice. Uh, from what I saw earlier today, it hasn't been announced. But also this past week, uh, Moose basically killed Tommy Dreamer. And they're still going forward, I guess, with Moose Rich Swan, which will be interesting to see where they go. But uh, well, well, Corey, hold on. I have one thing. And we didn't talk about this pre-show at all. Sure. So I'm really throwing this out there. But one one of the biggest stories of the week was Sammy Guevara, speaking of impact. The fact that Sammy Guevara, and we could, let's just talk about that now sure, uh, for a minute. So Sammy Guevara was, you know, he did the thing where he quit the inner circle. He was uh, going to go to impact and do some storyline. I don't know what it was. He refused to do the storyline. He didn't like it. Apparently this is Jericho's idea. 
for some of you guys who don't know the kind of inside baseball, Jericho and Don Callis are like really, they're really close. They're, they're, they're very tight. Um, And so, um, and so it was Jericho's idea for Sammy Guevara to go to impact, feel like it'd be good for Sammy Guevara. uh, It'd be good for impact, whatever. I guess whatever the creative was, according to Dave Meltzer, Dave Meltzer said, according to his sources, the creative sucked and Sammy Guevara probably shouldn't have done it. And so he didn't, and you know, we know impact does some good things. They do some really good things. And they also do some real wacky shit. You know, they they remind me of MLW sometimes a little and that they do some really good stuff and they do some wacky shit and you kind of have to just, you know, kind of take it as, you know, uh, you know, take it for what it is. Um, so I, you know, it doesn't look like he has any heat with AEW, which is good. He shouldn't if he felt like the creative wasn't good. Right. Um, uh, so, yeah, I guess what are your thoughts on that? It uh, looks like Sammy's going to be gone for a little bit, which I really like the idea that he's going to be gone. I wonder if this sets up some, you know, him against Jake Hager at Revolution. That would be probably my guess. Um, but but what are your thoughts on him refusing to do the impact storyline, whatever it was, and ultimately not not going? Um, and what, and what about uh, the loss that it is for impact to not have him on that show? Well, you got twofold there. One, I totally agree with the idea that Jamie Gavaro would have really been a big star in Impact. And it's always, and I've said this from the beginning, which I think is one of the best ideas. Besides seeing, you know, the best guys and the best promotions facing the best people, for the younger guys who didn't before the last year and a half when AEW came about, and especially with the pandemic with no house shows anywhere, I think for guys like Private Party, Sammy Gavaro, and Jungle Boy, doing short stints in these other companies would have been great practice working with other people. So, and I think, and the idea of Sammy, especially if he's turning babyface, it looks like him having a babyface run pre doing it in um, AW would have also been a way to get maybe some of the kinks out of maybe other characters. I think that could have worked and maybe working with, you know, a couple of different guys that you haven't maybe worked with in years. If, it, if you didn't do it like on the Indies at one point, I think it would have been interesting and also maybe to get a, setting up a character, you know, on impact. I think it would have really worked well, but I think, you know, if the creator is terrible and it's something, and Tony Khan, you know, somebody that, you know, understands these things, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing that he didn't go and do something that he didn't feel comfortable with. Yeah. I know I that, you know, he's also still mostly on a little bit of a short leash because of the Sasha Banks stuff that came out, you know, earlier this year. And I, and I hate rehashing it every time we bring up Sammy Guevara's name. But you know what? I think it shows though that he's been, the second chance he's getting, he's taking seriously. Whereas he's not going to just do, all right, this is going to kill my character and not make sense in the long run. If something doesn't make sense to your character, just like in real life, you shouldn't do it. You do it in a respectful way. And apparently it sounds like it was done in a way that maybe for a second might have had a little bit of heat, but everything was worked out. And it'll be interesting to see what they do now. And they, you know, because one of the things that we've seen that Tony Khan has been, we can say levels of being good at, depending on what you think of AEW, but Tony Khan has been good with, you know, rolling with the punches. One thing falls apart. He's been able to go and make a storyline still work. So it'll be interesting what they do with either vignettes or different things with Sammy Guevara to still be involved, even though he's not there until possibly revolution. Well, I think, well, Corey, I think the thing is though, with the impact, that was a separate, that had nothing to do with AEW. 
So he was going to impact to do an impact storyline. He wasn't going to impact to do an AEW storyline. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of a way for her for him to be away for a little bit. So, um, you know, the way Jericho described it, according to Meltzer, mm-hmm. is it would be like him taking, you know, I, I don't want, you know like an excursion or, or him just sure. being gone for a little bit. So to really sell that. So I hope he didn't get heat for it. And I, I, you know, I like the idea that people have choice, right? Like uh, with my students, they have some choice over what classes they want to have, even though there are requirements that they need to graduate. You know, it's good that Guevara needs to do certain things, but he still has some choice over what stories he feels like works best with the character he's trying to present to TV. And what do we say? Guys do better when the stuff feels natural to them. What does Austin say? What what does Austin say? You know, the Stone Cold character was an extension of who he really was. Trying to pull up. You know, that's what works best. So, um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's good that he's not getting heat for it. And he decided, listen, let me move on and do something else. And, you know, we'll see with, with Sammy Guevara and what they do with him at Revolution. But um, I definitely think he has some type of big impact on that story moving forward. Yeah, and we wanted to see if he actually has a match or if he just costs MJF, you know, maybe the tag team titles or where they go from here. Um, but Jay, let's talk about, you know, our favorite shows of the week, the Wednesday Night War. Uh WWE NXT, which often sounds weird saying the word WWE and NXT together because, you know, their booking usually makes sense. WWE, not always so much. But, uh, Jay, what was your overall thoughts on the follow-up to TakeOver? Do you think they did a good job? Do you think it was just like another show? I mean, what was your thoughts on the follow-up to TakeOver? Uh, I thought it was really good. Um, I thought it was a really, really good show. Um, I loved the stuff I did with Adam Cole. Um, I'm glad Undisputed Era is breaking it up. We, we called it on this very podcast, right? They have to change things up. Yeah. And that would, and Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly had one of the best matches I've ever seen in Ring of Honor many years ago when they were teammates and they broke up. Future Shock. Uh, Future Shock. And so I'm excited to see them wrestle again. Um, I think they have great chemistry in the ring, and I'm curious to see how that's all going to go. And especially now that Kyle O'Reilly – has come into his own as a character. He's just like a super nice guy who just loves kicking ass. Like that's his character. And I think as a baby face character, that really works, Corey. And I think that works in 2021, especially. Um, so I'm excited to see where they go there. Um, you know, I, I really enjoyed the the uh, um, Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai, uh, Nia Jackson, Shanna Baszler. And, you know, Wentz and... Um, Nash Carter and Wesley MSK came out and they did they cut their promo. They were very excited. They still have to tell us what MSK means, but whatever. They were very excited. Um, and they seem like sweet guys. Like that is what a baby face can be in 2021. You don't have to say, I'm doing this for the fans because I love the fans so much. They're just dudes who are good dudes who are kind of goofy, who are playing uh a, a, an extension of themselves. And then they put over the women, right? Like they were the, the scene of them sitting there. Like you talk about humor and wrestling. NXT does humor really, really well, by the way. The MSK eating the popcorn with Beth Phoenix in the corner, I thought was one of the funniest things I saw. I think it was the funniest thing I saw in wrestling all week. Other than Tom uh, Lawless filthy island, which was literally filthy. Like the like the it, it was just 
Dan Lambert was a, was it, was a, it was a complete it was a complete mess. But um, yeah, and I, I thought they they did more to elevate the 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 women's tag titles um, on that show than has been done for the for the titles since Sasha and Bailey had them. I mean, it's been months. Raquel Gonzalez was awesome. Dakota Kai was great. Baszler was great. Even Nia Jax was all right. Uh, now, I just hope she doesn't hurt um, either one of my girls, Raquel or Dakota Kai, because, you know, I, I, I think they're both very special talents. Um, and, you know, Nia Jax was in NXT, and I know she had a run there for a little bit. And she had some decent matches because she was going against, you know, fucking Bailey, who can wrestle you and me. And Oscar. Yeah. And, and Oscar. But this is going to be a different kind of match for her. You know, I, I don't know if Nia Jax watches NXT, but that Dusty Women's match finals was outrageous. Can she do that in the ring? Does she have that in her? I don't know. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see how she matches up now um, in comparison to Raquel Gonzalez, who is her, but way better. <laughs> like Raquel Gonzalez is like, you know, um, Sharon and I were watching them. Sharon, look at this woman on the, on the left. She's like an Amazon Raquel Gonzalez, but she's also good in the ring. She can wrestle a faster pace. She's so I'm just, I'm very curious how that match is going to go, but it was a great segment. It's a great segment. I would agree. I think it was a really good segment. I, but I, it was interesting that to see the difference of how people are portrayed on the main roster and in NXT, where the fact that Shayna Baszler for the first time in months felt like she mattered when I know it was a small crowd and it's all personal bias. Cause you watched her for, you know, like two or three years in NXT and she was a badass when she was there, but just the way that she was portrayed and, the idea that, you know, you had the story beforehand with Dakota Kai where she feared here, you know, she feared her. And I guess she, when she had broken her arm when she was yeah. down there before. And, you know, it was just like for the first time in months, she felt like she, she mattered and she wasn't playing, you know, second fiddle to Charlotte Flair or, uh, or <clears throat> excuse me, to um, the world's greatest, you know, relative of the rock who gets, you know, promotions, even though she I mean, Corey, think about it. The the Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, they were mad at each other, they didn't like each other, blah, blah, blah. If Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez were in the main roster, they would have broken up five times by now. Yeah. The big show thing. Yeah. You know, they would have they would have broken up, turned heel, turned babyface five times by now. And they could have broken up, right? Because Raquel Gonzalez obviously taking over as a single star, but they haven't. They've stayed together and it's made them stronger. Yeah, and it's put both of them over. That's the difference between the main roster and NXT. They're looked at on NXT as like wrestlers, not jokes. And so, you know, you have someone who actually knows how to book wrestling and what to do. And on Raw, they just do shit on the show and then just see what happens. Uh, I mean, look at what happened with Lacey Evans and whatever, right? We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. You know, uh, normal, normally, you, you know what you would do, Corey? You would you just wouldn't have the story. Just don't they they have they have to fill three hours of TV, so they have to do it. Why why just don't have the story? Just don't do it. Lacey Evans can announce she's pregnant on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, and then you move on. 
and you don't and you don't make a story out of it. Instead, it's got to be a joke or something. Stu- they would never do this in NXT. If one of their you know women's athletes got pregnant, she would just be pregnant, and then she'd just be off TV. Let's hope so. I mean, I, I think so. Look at what NXT's done for years. We've watched it for years. So that's the difference. They made Basil look like a badass, which she is. And it was, it was, yeah, very, very well done. I'm very excited for that match. And I'm very excited. I'm very curious to see what they do and how Nia Jax looks in the match. Because she's she hasn't wrestled in a match like this in a long time. So we'll see. Yeah, um, what was your thoughts on the uh, the debut of the former Lacey Ryan? Uh, Zoe Starks. I thought she looked really dominant. I thought it was a really good debut. Mm-hmm. And, a, little, uh, a little sloppy, to, a little sloppy for me. It was a, it was a little, little sloppy, but it was fine. I don't know if that was all her fault. I think that might have been. Uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. It just was a little sloppy for me. I think she should have beat her in like three seconds. But um, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was fine. I like our finisher. It's like a, another version of the GTS. One thing it is interesting: the fact that. Zoe Starks and, you know, um, Elena Black, who's now part of uh, NXT as well. All these people have been wrestling for Mission Pro Wrestling, Thunder Rosa's uh, Wrestling um, Federation. And I don't know if it's just AEW falling behind on the wheel, but a lot of people are on dark, but they wind up signing with NXT. And we can get into this in a half a second with a little bit of a signing spree that NXT has been on as of late. But... I think that's a very, very interesting idea that, you know, Thunder Rosa apparently has a little bit of say, you know, the fact of what's going on with bringing people in for AW Dark. But I don't know if it's, you know, Kenny Omega or Dustin Rhodes or these people are just not on the ball when it comes to how close these people are to signing real deals. But all these people who are getting picked up by NXT, it's, maybe you don't think it's weird, but it just seems I mean, listen, AW is worried about right. having... AW is worried about showing videos with Jay Cargill uh, shooting free throws. They spent they spent uh, three minutes on their program with a woman who has not wrestled anybody, and we don't know if she can wrestle. She sat there and shot free throws with Shaq. That was three minutes of their show of their of, of what they did with the, of what they did with the women. And NXT, you watch the women and their stars. So if you're Zoe Stark, if you're Elena Black. Uh, if you're uh, if you're Priscilla Kelly, where would you want to go? They have one women's match. They they hype it up like it's the, it's you know Ric Flair and Steamboat circa '87. Um, you know, or you can watch NXT where the women are stars and they profile them as such. Where would you go? I know where I would go, especially if the money was was close. And there's also the element of not for nothing. You've got the four horse women. You've got you've seen already what they've done with with women on the main roster. Obviously, a lot bad, but some really good. And there's the idea of being, you know, there were women in the main event of fucking WrestleMania. If you, you know, I love AEW. I think AEW's done some good things, but being in the main event of WrestleMania in front of eighty thousand people, that's, you know, you can't top that as something that's a possibility for you in your career there, there's nothing an aw can do to top that and maybe they'll aw will get there i'm not saying they won't if they do these explosion barbed wire fire matches they they might not but um i think they you know they might but they're not there now you know as much as we rip vince which you know all deservedly so he's built a billion dollar company and wrestlemania is a big fucking deal 
It's the biggest deal in wrestling. And for a woman to possibly be a headliner on that, you know, it's a big deal. So some of it, I think, is AEW dropping the ball because I don't think they they know, I, you know, whatever. We've talked about them, what they've done with women's division forever. But I think a big part of this is also women saying, you know, I want to be in NXT. I want to be one of the four horsewomen. I want to be in the main event of WrestleMania. And, you know, as we've seen now, that's a realistic possibility. Becky Lynch went to WWE and NXT when she was doing the Irish jig. That was her gimmick. She was doing an Irish jig. A couple years later, she's the biggest thing in pro wrestling. Now, that was all her own doing because Vince didn't even want to push her. Yep, sure. But it still happened. And so it could happen for any of these women. You know, we're in AW. Hopefully you'll get hopefully you'll get a match on, on the card that they care about. Well, slow builds, as we say. Uh, so I guess the best way to, to transfer over to uh, AEW Dynamite is to say, uh, Jay, did you like AEW this past week? It sounds like you had maybe one or two problems. Well, before we get there, well, we can talk about, I guess, NXT and, and their signings. Congratulations to Taya with her husband in the same company. And, do, you uh, but, to, uh, do you think she winds up on NXT? Because, or do you think she goes up to Raw and part of... Uh, I think I, I thought she'd be on the main roster. So I, who knows? I'd love her to stay in NXT because the main roster, sometimes they, they're funny with people, but um, she can go either place. I mean, NXT women division, Jesus. I mean, it's ridiculous. But Blake Christian, I think, is a tremendous athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, he probably should get a haircut, but... I'm excited about him in NXT. I, he is the perfect guy for NXT. And that's what they did, right? They got a young, he's actually young, a young guy who's developing and has a lot of ability. And then you got a guy like LA Knight, who's older and a veteran who can help. That might be a good feud. LA Knight and Blake Christian, who I don't know if he can talk his way out of a paper bag, but I think that could be interesting, right? And Taya. It, when she comes to NXT, if she's in NXT, she'll be already a you know main event level woman. If she's on the main roster, you know who the hell knows what they'll do with her. So um, congratulations to her, and she'll be on Raw. I, I think they, I don't think they put her on SmackDown. I agree. Um, so anyway, so we'll see. AW, you know. I, all right, let me let me. I, you, you just you, you go you go ahead. I, I know you know. Uh, listening to Meltzer and, and Alvarez, they there's nothing they say wrong. Oh, it's a, you know great show. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, Here fine. We go. go ahead. All right. Um, I thought it was I thought it was a good show, not a great show. I can see no. why it was super close this week in the ratings. Um, I I thought that the stuff they did with Adam Page and Matt Hardy, I thought was was well done, especially with the end, with a negative one having the. Uh, Dark Order come out and help him continuing that storyline because one of the things that Jay and I often say is the fact that they rush everything and the storylines are just like there's no time to let anything develop. I think that's a, a good storyline that they're doing. I thought the women's match, all right, Jay, you can uh, you can interfere. The match was the, yeah, I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was a great match, but I'm just saying the storyline going out of the match. I like the idea that you know Matt Hardy was outsmarted and they're going to have a match at the pay per view, and the idea that you you know. And I like the idea that one of the major differences between WWE television universe and AEW television universe is the, and you can tell me this is a Meltzer Mark point of view, is the, the idea that people actually watch the show. You know, your wrestlers watch the show. You had that multiple times mentioned once again this episode 
where you had Matt Hardy. He watched the show, so he knew that he got bamboozled to what happened. And he had Isaiah Cassidy in the Jaguar. Yeah, Jer- yeah, Jericho, Jericho mentioned that too. Um, where, where Jericho's like, we've been, we were watching, like, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, 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 agree, I agree with you. There's a little thing in AEW I like a lot. Uh, go ahead. I thought that segment, thought the match was too long. I thought it was fine. I thought the segment was fine. I, I think the story is kind of clever. I don't mind it. Um, I, I love Matt Hardy. I, I, and I get that as a pay-per-view, man, you got Matt Hardy, you got Jericho on these shows. Every pay-per-view has got to have these guys on there, you know, but anyway, all right, go ahead. I thought that was, I thought that was well done. I mean, I thought the women's, I don't think the women's uh, match was the greatest Mm -hmm. match of all time. Like, you know, a lot of people online have been saying the best AEW match that they've had. I thought last week's match was, was, you know, was better with Thunder Rosa and um, everyone's the, favorite wrestler from New Jersey. But the rush, the Russian slash, um, yeah. the, the, um, should be part of Team Taz. Yeah, I thought it was a good match. I, I did. I thought it was. A, I thought it was a really good match. I thought, um, her, you know, Thunder Rosa versus um, everyone's favorite Baker. I thought was a better match. I mean, so I think there've been better matches, but I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, I thought there was been better. But I thought it was a good. Ma- I thought it was a good match. You know, I think part of the thing is I don't know if Rio is for everyone. I mean, I don't think Rio's to me. I think. The idea of the 98 or 99 pound woman who is beating all these people is sometimes feels a little unrealistic. I understand that people could say, so why do you, why do you buy Rey Mysterio facing all these giants? Is make, one is the idea we saw Rey Mysterio for you know, the last 20 years and we've seen what he can do. And it's been, it was built up over time that he was a giant killer. And the idea of Rio, uh, Rio, or Rio, uh, Rio, just I don't know the, the whole tire thing just doesn't equate for me and I yeah, yeah but I do like but I do think they did one spot that I really really liked that JR pointed out even though JR called Kenny Omega the WWE champion um and you know what you can say, back, listen I, a, a slip of, who cares about a slip of the tongue although I did rewind I'm like did he just say WWE champion but a slip of the tongue happened who cares but he pointed out one spot in the match that I really liked um it was uh, Deeb and Riho were going back and forth with shots. And Jarrah said, you know, this is not a good spot for Riho. She should not be trading shots with Deeb. This isn't like she's too small. It's a bad idea. And it didn't work out. Serena Deeb took advantage in the match or whatever. And so I, I, I like that they point stuff like that out. I think that's what makes JR JR. Not he struggles now, but. I think he's he, a better at the play. He, yeah. Every now and again, he still comes up with 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 clever stuff, um, and so I I get it. She's a little small, but I but she's also had like really really good matches. So, you know I, I and also she was that she was the champion when they I mean they don't have a lot of women now, but they had like no women when she was the champion. So, um, yeah, I, I I think it was a good match, and yeah, we can move on from there. And I really enjoyed the tag team title match. I mean. I would have liked a better ending for the match where, you know, just a quick roll up. I think it's done way too much in this version of professional wrestling that we're in, in 2021. But I thought the Bucks and Santana and Ortiz thought they had a really good wrestling match. And I think that, and it's, and it's a flaw that they kind of even said themselves took 18 months for, you know, one of the top, you know, 10 tag teams in the world to get a shot at the tag team title. And, and the, 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 the problem is Corey, for me, they had a great match. You knew who was going to win, and you knew this was a setup to have MJF and Jericho in the match against the Young Bucks, a match that you know is not going to be as good as the match we just saw. 
that that's my problem. You're, you know, you have, you have these guys, you have, you have Santana and Ortiz, which they have done very little with since they had fight, the, be, right. the best match they had. It was that best friends, um, you know, um, uh, street fight, street fight match. That was a really, really good match. Other than that, they have not done a whole lot. They haven't been elevated by being in the inner circle really that much. And they basically were fodder for MJF and Jericho, which to me, come on, MJF and Jericho getting a shot at the tag titles with the with the tag teams they have in AW. Come on, come on, senses that make. You know what? It worked for me because I thought that you can tell me I'm a I'm an idiot, but I thought there was a chance that they, they were going to win, setting up two other matches. Let me finish. Let me finish before you tell me I'm stupid. I thought they were going to be setting up setting up two matches for the pay per view. I thought we could have had Inner Circle versus Inner Circle and then the Bucks versus the Good Brothers for the uh, Impact Impact Championships at the pay-per-view. I thought that's where they might go. So, I mean, they had at least me the idea there could have been a title change. But for you, it didn't work because you didn't think no, there was any chance. No way. No way. But it was a good match. And again, fodder for MJF and Jericho. Hey, you know what? I think they could step up and have... I have a lot of faith in the Young Bucks that they'll have a good match with them, but I don't disagree with their better matchups, especially, you know, FTR getting their rematch of other things. But you know what? I don't disagree with you. But the one thing I will say, and you may disagree, and this is going to come at me look like a total hypocrite from after last week, and this is a kind of a flaw that I saw on both shows, we can't have these six-man tags as your main event every week. I agree. Right on NXT and AEW. AEW has been a huge uh, proponent of these six-man matches week after week. And they've all been, you know, solid matches, either from very good to great, depending on, you know, what you think of them. But, and this one this week was was, was solid. But it's just like, you can't do these six-man tag matches anymore. Let's have, you know, a t- the tag team match be either your main event. I understand you were setting up the end angle of telling us what a main event for Revolution was going to be. But you just, these six-man matches, too much. AW has a formula, and NXT doesn't do that all the time, but AW has a formula. We got to show Cody. She's having a girl. Congratulations. Right. It was just, you know, that was three. We got to show. No, 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 Corey, let me finish. Okay. You got to show the Bucks, right? Why that wasn't the main event, I don't know. Um, And you got to have Omega, and you got to have Moxa on the show. Well, and, you can't have them, and you can't have them wrestle each other, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, in a singles match. So you got to figure out a way to get those guys together. And the best way to do that is these six man matches. I well, agree. I, I, I think, I think they're, I think it's too much. I think maybe they should have started off the show with the six man match. Have that be what starts to show, but they also knew that maybe Khan, you know, I think Tony Khan has a formula and he knows Moxley and Omega are the big draws. And maybe he feels like nobody thinks Santa Santana and Ortiz are going to win the title anyway. When when was it shot? The title shot. It was like in the middle. That should have been the main event. Why was it not the main event? Why is the main that event a six man match? That's why I also thought Santana and Ortiz had no chance. I'm like, wait, this match is happening at nine o'clock. They have, they have no chance. Yeah. And like I said, if, if I bought in. I thought it was a really good. They have a title change at nine o'clock. No way. Hey, it's nine o'clock hour. You have a chance of you know people. Are... But you know what? The one thing, and we'll get get off this right now, is the idea of. We've seen, and part of it, you know, just, you know, for the, if you're selling t-shirts, the, the demo god is Jericho. Whenever Jericho, I'm sorry, whenever Moxie's on the show, I believe the stat still is there that they have never lost in the ratings and Moxley has actually had a match on the show. And if they have, I think it's like once when they've gone head to head. 
So Moxley is a ratings drawer. Jericho, yes. NBA Twitter, you know, sure that he was, you know, out of shape for a wrestler at age 50. And now he looks like he's back in better shape, you know, painting on some abs possibly. But he doesn't, you know, he never loses rating segments. So you're going to have the guys on who wins the rating wars with at least your advertising gets renewed and everything else. I mean, I agree. I think, I think it's a, I think it's a interesting thing that they kind of have to like figure out, right? Because they know Moxie and Jericho in particular are their big time draws and, and Cody, you can put him in that category to a, maybe a little lesser extent and the Bucks and Omega to a little lesser extent too. Those are the those are the five guys who are carrying a company, you know. It's those five guys, and they want to have Sting out there every week. I don't understand them. The man, almost, I don't understand what happened. We can talk about that. that. that was, uh, but so we have those five. We have comfortable. That was yeah. He fucking power bomb the shit out of them. So you have those five guys who have to be on the show every week. I understand that. I, I just I I think they could. I just think they could do something. They could do something different. Um, and I don't even mind Moxley being out there every week. It's, he's like the Stone Cold or Omega. I don't mind that either. Jericho having a segment. I don't mind that either. I just don't think you have to have all three guys wrestle in matches every week. That's that's my thing. They don't all need to wrestle every week. Um, you know, but again, Moxley and, Jer- and, and Omega in particular are in their mid-30s. So it's not like they're old guys who are just taking up spots of younger guys. You know, they still got a lot of room to go. To me, my thing with the inner circle is it's elevated one guy. It's elevated Chris Jericho. I don't I don't agree with that. MJF's already was MJF wrestled for the MJF wrestled for the title. You don't think it's elevated Sammy Guevara? What? You don't think it's elevated Sammy Guevara? He's a bigger star now than uh, he was before he was in AEW. All right, maybe maybe Guevara. Okay, I'll give I'll give you Guevara, but when's the last time we want a match? On a good question. So maybe maybe Guevara, but you know, so I, you know, I I don't know. I don't know. Let's get to a couple of things. Sure. Um, Sting. What are they doing? I I mean, I really hope that they know what they're doing. This guy got power, this shit power bombed out of him. And Corey, it's not going to be a cinematic match, but it doesn't, right? It sounds like it's going to be a, they're going to have, I'm not excited about this pay-per-view. I want to make that very clear. Wow. Okay. Um, not at all. Not at all. But you, so you've got, um, it's not, it's going to be just a, but they could protect Sting in a kind of backyard brawl street fight scenario mm-hmm. where maybe he doesn't take big bumps. But I mean, is he going to take big bumps? They, they better be, they better be careful. Yeah, what, I, what are your I, thoughts on, on, on that? I think it was, I think that was super scary. I mean, it wasn't on the level of, you know, every time I buy it, every time, you know, Daniel Bryan takes a, a suplex and he holds his neck. I'm always still saying that, oh my God, this could be the end. It's not, it's not that level, but the guy had stenosis, uh, you know, on his yeah. right? 61 years old. I mean, he's one of my top, you know, at one point he was my favorite wrestler of all time. I and mean, I didn't understand the wrestling business as much as I do now, which, you know, isn't much, but you know, whatever you, you you uh you do all the heavy lifting. I just get the question, but um, it was super scary. It was uncomfortable to watch. I mean, if he's okay after this, maybe we'll. This might be the idea that he might wrestle every once in a while. Do I want to see it? No. Do I still hope it's a cinematic match? Yes. Um, it would be nice to find out how he's doing. You know, afterwards, I haven't seen any reports that he was hurt or anything. So I mean, 
Brian Cage is a pretty safe dude, so hopefully, you know, they figured this out. But now knowing that this might actually be a real street fight, not a cinematic match, it makes it less interesting to see the match. I mean, I disagree with you on the idea that I have no interest in Revolution. I mean, I'm interested in what they're going to do, bells and whistles with this. I mean, I'm not a deathmatch guy, and I watched the the special that Viceland did, you know, last year, which was super interesting. I've never, don't remember ever watching a, a deathmatch before, so that's something different. Or why, are they, why are they having this garbage on their show? Why do they need to have a, a deathmatch? You want to have a deathmatch with Joey Danella and Darby Allen? Fine. This is for the fucking title. What should matter is that he's wrestling for the title. That should be what's important. You want to do a cage match? You want to do a, you know, another type of gimmick match? Fine. Why does it have to be a death match for the title? Do a death match for two guys in a heated feud, not for the title. It's it's also why is Omega saying the one he wants a death? He's a heel. He shouldn't be saying that's a baby face move. That's something Moxley would say. That doesn't make any sense either. Why is Omega saying I want a death match? That would put him over as a babyface because it's a hard match. Rain saying, I don't want to get involved in this shit at all until the end. That's heel move. Omega, you know, and Omega's done well as a heel. I've been, I've mostly enjoyed him, but sometimes it feels like he's playing a heel with some of the stuff they do. And so, you know, I I I think it's a garbage, I think it's a garbage, garbage match. Um, and it's something that we can get into with Omega as well. Okay, he, so wouldn't, he wouldn't do this shit in New Japan. He wouldn't do this in New Japan. And what also like why? Your two biggest draws are Moxley, Omega, and, and Jericho. Why would you put two guys in an a in a, a spot where they could get seriously injured and you could lose one of them for, for some time? Why even put yourself in that for what? People are gonna say, "Oh my God, I've got to order this pay per view because it's gonna be a a death match." When what has when have these matches ever sold pay per views? You're gonna watch a pay per view because it's gonna be a death match. Why are you not watching a pay per view? Why why don't they create a new type of match? WWE, as much as you can rip them, they've created the Elimination Chamber. They created Hell in a Cell. Create a different match exploding like why do i want to see this you've got moxley who is a veteran wrestler for 20 years and omega the same and they could have a kick-ass you know maybe okada style match instead they're just gonna have a garbage match anybody could do that me and you could just throw each other through fucking barbed wire for whatever yeah i don't want to do it but we could throw each other through barbed wire for 30 minutes and have some planned spots these are supposed to be two of the best wrestlers in the world, and we're seeing them in a garbage match. I, I, I think it's bullshit. I, I think it's bullshit, and it doesn't elevate the feud. The feud is for the title. The title is the most important thing that is going, not not their personal feud. The title is what's important, and the title is being overshadowed by this barbed wire barbecue fucking extravaganza. Who gives a fuck about that? Where is the title involved in all this? So I, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's stupid. I, I, I think there's, I think the risk reward factor is way out of whack. I don't think this match is going to elevate either guy, no matter what happens. I think you get guys hurt. I think it's a garbage match. Um, and so I, I, I don't, 
I'm, I'm, I just think it's ridiculous. I don't fully disagree with you. I'll say this quickly and we'll, we'll move on to our last couple of subjects before we call it a day. But when you're saying it's a babyface move, I think it's the, I would actually say it's the cocky heel move by Kenny Omega saying that I can beat you in any of, in your type of match, especially. It doesn't, but it doesn't put him over, but it doesn't put him over as a heel by him saying, I am going to wrestle you in this really, really hard match. That doesn't put him over as a heel. When he's been doing this thing where he's avoiding people, he's telling people it's on his time, and now he's like, okay, now we're going to do an exploding match? Well, I think this is how you're going to get the good brothers involved in the pay-per-view now that you're not having them facing the Young Bucks in a match. I think that's how you get them involved. Or they'll be doing do a fucking cage up. match. Do a cage match. You could do any kind of matching, have them get involved. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just trying to look at this on the other end of the discussion area of saying that That's fair. the possibility That's of fair. why they might be doing this, like I said, and you also have to, if John Moxie is one of your three or four biggest stars in the whole company, maybe your second biggest star, the company, and Moxley has the history of doing this, of being in uh, all of these crazy matches when he was younger. I could, I could honestly think this is John Moxie's idea. If he wants to do some, some of this crazy stuff and Kenny Omega is like, I can, if you want to do it fine. And this is how you blow off this feud. Kenny Omega wins. And then Moxley moves on to something else, and you start other people facing until you get to the end goal of him losing the title, most likely sometime next year. Oh, or, well, next year, just year to start, but maybe at all out or somewhere down the line to the Dark Order leader, Hangman Adam Page. And you, that's the whole tight story going through. But I think this is how you end the feud where he Moxley is taken out, and maybe Moxley is taken out so badly that, you know, he's able to spend the last month or so, or I don't know how far along, you know. Renee is in a pregnancy, but this writes him off TV maybe for a little while, being in a brutal match. And, you know, we can move on. And then John Moxie come back either as a different character, the same guy in a couple of matches, you know, a little while afterwards. And he, and he can move on to something else where the never-ending feud with, you know, Eddie Kingston or whatever else they're doing, you know. Yeah, no, I, I mean, your point's a good one. I, I don't disagree. I, I just don't know why you need this style of match. There's so many different ways they could have gone. And to me, this is such a dangerous match that's not necessary. And why do you, why? It's just, I, I don't know. I don't know. And, and someone can tell me if I'm wrong. You could, you know, tweet me at work shoe pod. You could, you know, go into wrestle life and, and, and tell me I'm wrong. That that's, that's fine. Um, I'll, I'll take it. But I guess my other question is, is this going to sell pay-per-views? Like people saying, oh, there's an explore. What sells pay-per-views? The fact they want to see Omega, who hails himself as the best wrestler in the world, something I know I think we're going to talk about. I know we were kind of going long. Or is it that we're, I'm, I really can't wait to order a pay-per-view to see an exploding barbed wire, barbecue, firefly, funhouse match? Like, what is, what's, what, I think people would buy the pay-per-view to see, I want to see Omega and Moxley beat the hell out of each other. Do they need to see it in a, a death match? You know what? I'm I'm on your side on this, but I could also say that one of the things that AUW does, and you could say it's good or bad, is they try to do something. They try to have their product is something for everyone. They want to have stuff. And let me just finish this before you you tell me I'm either right or wrong on this. They want to have you know the great tag team wrestling. They want to have you know your extreme match. They want to have their old school wrestling match. They want to have you know something for everyone. You're gonna have you know your classic maybe tag team match of new school versus old school at the pay-per-view most likely with, you know, FTR 
versus Jungle Boy and uh, Luchasaurus, which will be, you know, that high-flying versus the ground-based style. You're going to have your street fight match. You're going to have, you know, all these different types. You're going to have your ladder match, which, you know, we'll talk about in the weeks to come as more people get involved in that match. But I think it's just the idea of which is a plus or minus, depending on what you believe. AW once again, trying to accommodate every different type of fan. And we're not, we may not be the type of fan that loves the hardcore style, but there is the fan that is the ECW fan that's still watching, you know, Tommy Dreamer at age 50 and believing he might be able to be, you know, Rich Swan, who's out there is every time they bring in, you know, an exploding table or a barbed wire bat, you know, you get a big pop. So, I mean, for me and you, we might be coming into that show looking at, you know, like I said, an FTR match is why we're buying the pay-per-view. But if you're, when you only have four pay-per-views a year, I think you're trying to get as many people in there to buy a show for whatever many different reasons. Yeah. I just don't know why it needs to be for the title. That, that's, that's my big thing. It, the title should be the reason why we're having this match. Um, so whatever. But again, this leads me to the AEW does too much. They have too much shit going on. And it's going to hold them back. And Corey, it's going to hold them back. It's going to hold them back. I mean, not for nothing. We could say we want about NXT and whatever. NXT doesn't have Chris Jericho. They don't have John Moxley. They don't have Kenny Omega. They don't have Cody Rhodes. They don't have the Young Bucks. No, many of those guys. I love Adam Cole to death. You know, he's one of my favorite guys right now. He is not on a level of those guys in terms of star, in terms of a star like guy. Right. Finn Balor, maybe you can say Finn Balor's somewhere, somewhere in there, maybe. And then like, that's it. That's it. For them to even be this close in the ratings is kind of. For one week. For one week. But they should, they should be getting killed every week. And Corey, to me, what that tells me is that. And other people have said this too. AW holds itself back from what they could possibly be. And we've talked about this a lot on the show. And these are instances. The show moves so fast. You never know what's going on. Everything's all over the place. Nothing breeds on the show. And, you know, so it is, it is what it is, but I, I, I'm not excited for this paper. I think it'll be fine. All right. Uh, would, I, would I be like, oh my God, I need to spend $60 on this? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Well, they still have a couple more weeks to, to make you change your mind, but we see where you're at this point. But let's talk about a pay-per-view uh, before we get out of here that I'm not thrilled to be spending 10 bucks on, but you know, part of what my weekly charges. Um, WWE's Elimination Chamber 2021, the last uh, pay-per-view of the uh, WWE Network era before Peacock. Uh, our first match, which looks like it's not going to be happening now, WWE Women's uh, Raw Champion Asuka facing Lacey Evans, who we just found out this week in real life, not just storyline, is pregnant. Uh, Jay, I'm going to give you two choices here. Just let me say them fast before you tell me, which I think you already know. Do we does the, Is the match totally called off, or do we get a replacement in this match? Because it seems like I said, at this point, it still has not uh, re- Replacement. Replacement. They'll have just some... Peyton Royce, Jabba to the stars, and, you know, Asuka will beat her. All right. All right. I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I'm hoping it's like a Rhea Ripley and that's how we start the build. No, no. This is not the right time to bring her in. If you bring her in, it's for her to fucking win. Yeah, you don't bring her in as a replacement. You bring her in wins. to win. I think she wins. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. 
I don't. They've, they've don't done nothing with Oscar for months, pretty much. I think I think there's a chance that Rhea Ripley comes in, wins, and that's and she basically will be managed by Ric Flair and going into WrestleMania. What? You could have the rematch. Managed by Ric Flair? Why? Because he's having sex with her too? No, because she's not a great talker. And because we all know that it's it's somebody versus Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania every year for for the Raw title. So, I mean, and we get the rematch of of last year where Rhea Ripley gets her revenge from losing the NXT title. I think that could work. Rick, what's he going to do? Talk about having sex with Rhea Ripley now too? Oh no! I, I absolutely not. All right. I mean, if the, they uh, could do it, but it's going to be shitty. The Lacey Evans Charlotte storyline has been pretty bad. That's great, but can Rhea Ripley? So then, so the, so now they now it's going to be a different woman. Now, if you say Rhea Ripley comes in and she beats Asuka, and Rhea Ripley goes against Charlotte to try to avenge her loss, I'll right. accept that. Rick Flair doesn't need to be involved. Can Can Rhea Ripley talk? Is that the one thing in her game? Yeah, she really can talk. Enough, she can talk enough to get herself over. All right. I don't. She's. I mean, she's not Ric Flair, but she can talk. Was she gonna have a manager? Then I didn't give anyone a manager anymore. Rick Ric Flair wasn't even Lacey Evans' manager. He was her. I, I don't know what he was. Her old pervert guy, whatever. Right. Lacey Evans did all the talking in that for the most part. So I don't think she needs someone to talk for her. She needs. She's. I think she got better under Mike as she went along. I still don't think she's great, but I think she's, I mean, Nia Jax is, how many title opportunities she, she's not good. So I, I think Rhea Ripley's fine. You do not need okay. Rick Flair out there to talk. For, oh my God, please don't. No. All right. Well, it's just an idea. We'll see what happens. No, uh, that's a, that's a, a very bad idea. Uh, look right. at, well, Corey, look at the Rhea Ripley Charlotte feud last year. They didn't have someone speaking for Rhea Ripley. They did a lot of vignettes with her. They did a lot of, you know, you know, a lot of those sorts of things. They didn't do a lot of her talking in the ring. And when they did, they did a pretty good job. And you had Charlotte do the heavy lifting because she's a better talker. And I thought it was a very well-built feud. I mean, that pandemic messed it up, but I don't know. I thought it was a very well-built feud. So I I, I disagree with you. You don't need very right, well, oh, God. All right, well, maybe not. But I, I do think there, I think there is a chance that uh, Rhea Ripley could uh, be the opponent with a title. Well, well, that's fine. But if she's the opponent, she has to win. I don't disagree. Well, okay. I, I, okay. I 100% right. agree with that. Fair enough. Uh, then we've got the on paper a three-way match for the U.S. title, even though on TV they're saying Keith Lee may not be in the match. But uh, Keith Lee, Riddle, and the most protected champion in all of wrestling, Bobby Lashley, who basically I think has lost like what, three times like the last year. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's basically kills everyone but doesn't get world title shots for the most part. Um, I can, It feels like they beat Riddle senseless on TV and – and usually the WWE way of booking is you get beat up, you know, for 12 straight weeks and out of nowhere you win the title. So I yeah, can see I Riddle beating Keith Lee if he's in the match, keeping Bobby Lashley strong and Riddle winning the title. And then, and then, La- and then Lashley goes on to go against Drew McIntyre. Yeah, good possibility. What, what's your thoughts? Well, they, had a good ma- they had a good match on their the pay-per-view from last year. And people would forget about that anyway. They could just build it up like it never happened. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, you laid it out pretty good. Um, WWE loves doing that, you know. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna go with I. Uh, I'm gonna say Lashley wins, just to be contrarian. I'm gonna say Lashley wins, but your theory is a good one. Uh, we've got for the the Universal Title number one contender elimination match, which was set up this past week. Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, Owens, Sami Zayn, 
Jey Uso and King Corbin, everyone's favorite uh, substitute for Damian Priest, who's now we actually have a guy who can be that role and actually be good at it. Um, I think Cesaro is going to win the match. I, I think agree. Daniel Bryan will be teased winning it. But I think Cesaro is going to be the guy to uh, get killed by Roman Reigns after being tired. And I agree. He, he Cesaro, something with Seth Rollins costing him the match or something. Cesaro might be signing a new contract or maybe has signed a new contract. I mean, this will be his last contract pretty much as a pro wrestler because he's, I think, 40 or 41 years old. So this will be his last contract as kind of a loyalty bonus for, for re-signing. And hopefully he got paid well. He, he deserves it. Um and, you know, so this is, hey, can, thank you for re-signing. Here's your, your opportunity. Next year, you'll be wrestling on main event. But right now, congratulations on your opportunity. I think Shazara wins. I think they have a pretty good match with him and Reigns. And Reigns wins in the end, but it also puts Shazara over. Maybe Rollins comes out and costs him the match. You set up Rollins against Shazara. Um, but I, so I, I agree with you. I think that's where they go. And I think that's where they should go. Yeah, and like I said, we both agree Roman Reigns retains leading into Oh, yeah, yeah, 100 yeah, there's no way he loses. And as of right now, there might be a, mount, a match announced on SmackDown for the women's title, but as of right now, there is no match, so we're going with the idea that Sasha is going to be, you know, sitting at home watching reruns of The Mandalorian. No, uh, we've no, got... Uh, not not with Gina Carano anymore. Um, yeah, no, um, yeah, I... Do you think I they mean, set something up uh, to... To have another, to actually have a, another women's match on this show, or do you think uh, maybe, maybe Carmelo or something? Maybe or? on a pre-show, but I mean, I guess. I it, I guess it would, to me the, the better question is would it is it would it be like inconsequential, right? Would it be like a match to have a match? And yes, at this point, that's what it would be. I mean, the champions are going. We we talked about Asuka possibly, but Sasha's going into WrestleMania. Oh no, definitely, and and both yeah. of these. Uh, both these elimination chambers, those elimination matches usually are like 40 minutes long. So, I mean, those are going to be the bulk of your show. I agree. I agree. You have that. You have the U.S. title. You know, a couple other things here and there. Are, are the Dirty Dogs, whatever they're called, are they Are they, are they going to be? No. no match as of this point. Uh, nothing with Big E. Maybe something gets set up with uh, Big E versus Nakamura as a result. Of- I can see them doing um, uh, Apollo Cruz against Big E because they've been set kind of like Apollo Cruz is like you need to give me another shot, you need to give me another shot. So I could see that being thrown in the show. And the other match that we know for sure as of this time is for the WWE title elimination chamber match. Drew McIntyre, the youngest man in the match at age 35. That tells you uh is he 35? I thought he was 37. Anyway, whatever. Uh Wikipedia said he was 35 a couple days ago. Um, Wikipedia AJ- we know very accurate. That's true. AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Sheamus, and Kofi Kingston, who we spoke about earlier, replaced The Miz. I guess uh, I think there's really only two options in this match. Sheamus either wins the match or Drew McIntyre. Where, where are you going? They can't have Drew McIntyre lose this match, can they? I mean... Sheamus against Drew, that's 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 the WrestleMania match. Well, I mean, you have oh. fast, you have fast lanes. I mean, you have one, you still have one show in between. I mean, he's gonna lose the belt like in between WrestleMania. Fast lanes, what in three weeks? And he wins the title back. I mean, you could have Sheamus. Oh uh, god, I think that'd be horrible. the The one thing is, you would think they would have somebody win one of these matches, and there's no way Reigns is gonna lose. But I don't know, Corey. I. I Drew McIntyre has to be the champion. 
They've built him up. He's the main eventer. He's the guy. He's got to be the champion unless, I don't know. You know, the, you know I know we said Cena's not going to be there, but I think Cena's going to be there. Goldberg apparently might be there. So you have Drew McIntyre, I guess, against Sheamus, and then maybe you have Cena against Goldberg. I don't know. And that way, that way, that way, Sheamus is a champion going into WrestleMania against Drew. And then you could have, you know, a Goldberg Cena, you know, quote unquote dream match. These guys trying to leg it around the ring. Um, So, I mean, I really think Drew wins and I hope he wins, but I absolutely could see Sheamus winning. Sheamus is the only person I could see winning. Do we think Miz does anything with the money in the bank? I think they hold that off still for a while. For how long? Mania. He, the fact that he took himself out of the match leads you to some. They're going to try to do something with it. They can't keep. I mean, I, I can't. They they have to do something with it. So I don't know. I mean, they still have until Money in the Bank next year. So I mean, they. Oh God, this is going to continue until then. Jesus. <laughs> I'd say no. I mean, I, I think that they, I think there's a. I think there's a decent chance that Sheamus wins and then Drew McIntyre wins it back at Fastlane. So you actually have a reason to kind of care about the first match on the Peacock show where you could, you have, you pretty much know you'd have a title change. So I think you could, could do something there, but I mean, I'm just trying to think of, you know, what they might do to uh, try to get people to care about, you know, an obvious title change on their first big show on Peacock. I mean, you're ordering Peacock for, WrestleMania, not for fucking Fastlane, but not sure. No, I understand. But I'm just saying it's a trial run show, and you you mostly wanted people to care about the show somewhat. I mean, <laughs> that's a good point. I, you know, I don't know. I I think Drew wins, but you're right, and it really, and it, I I think it's Drew or Sheamus. Drew being a ninety percent favorite, let's say, and Sheamus being, uh, you know, ten percent to win the match. Let's say Drew is, uh, eighty five percent. Sheamus is 10% and then the field is 5%. I mean, that, that I think that'd be pretty accurate. Um, so it could happen, but I think it would be really, really unlikely. Man, I see. Uh, I think you have some good, uh, good insight on that. And uh, Jay, I think we covered a lot of really good things. I mean, we went a little bit long, as you would say. Uh, how about you let yeah. people know how they can follow us on all the social medias and our buddies in the life group? Yeah, we are at Worked Shoot Pod, W-R-O-K-E-D. We are on Twitter and we are on Instagram. So so please check us out. Jackie Andy runs our Instagram account. Thank God for her because I barely know how to use Instagram. So uh, yeah, at Worked had, Shoot uh, Pod. We had a uh, former guest on the show, Big Vito, uh, follow, uh, like one of our Instagrams last week. So All right, all right there you go. So, so thank you, Jackie Andy, for running our Instagram. Uh, we are Worked Shoot Wrestling Podcast. We are on iTunes. Twitter, iTunes, Twitter. We're on iTunes, <laughs> Spotify, Stitcher. We're everywhere. Okay. So just type us. That's where we are. Um, we had someone who messaged us to wants to us to do reviews for, uh, you know, uh, stuff. So if you are, you know, listening to the show and you like the show, you like what you listen to, please give us a review. Uh, it helps us move up the rankings to, you know, cause now we do more audio now that we're part of the life group podcast, which is great, but we started off and I think primarily still are an audio podcast. So uh, please rate and review. And again, we are part of the life group podcast network. Very, very proud to be a part of that. Um, Monday, we've got Dong city with Henry and Vince. Um, 
Oh, go ahead, Corey. Oh, Corey. Just want to let you know uh, for those in the uh, life groups who might know, but also who are going to check out for the first time after listening to us, uh, they will be announcing the uh, 32 film uh, tournament of baseball films uh, this week. You know, you have the great films like you know, The Sandlot, The Natural, um, Major League. Field of Dreams, you know, a lot of good films. So they're going to start. The, they really uh, don't got shit to talk about, do they? Before the season starts. I, I think I like the 32 film thing, but you know, the thing about baseball that's been interesting is this, this has been a rough off season. Think about what's already happened in football with Wentz and JJ Watt and will Roethlisberger be back. Baseball really is, they had a rough off season. Pittsburgh Pirates basically sold their whole team. I don't know who's, I don't know who, I am in a 16-team keeper fantasy league. Corey and I are in the same league. I yeah, don't know who's on the fucking Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't know who's on the team. I don't know who's on the idiot that I root for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another team. This has been a rough, rough offseason. I think Henry and Vince might be doing, you know, they might be doing this during the season. Uh, but they do have, bit, you know, I mean, it's rough. But big news with Fernando Tatis Jr. signing the big deal, big contract. Uh, baseball movies are some of the best movies, best sports movies out there. So, Henry and Vince doing that, I think will be fun. I mean, I'm fucking around, but I, I, I think that that should be interesting. Uh, we've got the Audible with Matt and Randy. I mean, they should, they could do two football podcasts, really. A uh, lot to talk about. Uh, we've got Carson Wentz getting traded today. Where does Deshaun Watson go? You know, a bunch of different things. Um, the step back with Jacob and Leon. Uh, you know, does you know is LeBron going to run away with this MVP? Big matchup tonight with the Lakers and the Nets. See what happens there. You've got us on Thursdays, Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Also, with the step back, the NBA trade deadline is coming up the next couple of weeks. So, interesting to see who gets traded. And also, uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, it had to be rescheduled, but they will having former NBA uh, star Kenny Anderson, who used to you know, play. Oh, shit. That one, Kenny Anderson? Kenny Anderson that's, will be coming on the show. Uh, that's really dope. Be on this week, but he has some scheduling issues last minute, but he will be on in the uh, next couple of weeks. That's Once really we know dope. Exactly when we will let you guys know. Yeah, definitely. That's that's dope. Yeah, the Nets are wearing their old school Kenny Anderson, Derek Coleman, Drazen Petrovic jerseys. That's one of the jerseys they're wearing pretty often. That, top of the that, yeah, that is a that's a dope jersey. That is a I'm not a big basketball jersey guy, but if I were like that would be one I would buy. So awesome that they're having Kenny Anderson on. Number seven, Georgia Tech. I was a big fan of his back in the day. Uh, and then Sunday, another uh, baseball podcast, Total Bases, Felipe and Sean. So a lot of stuff going on as much as I'm, you know, messing around with the, with the, um, the baseball movies. I think that's an interesting subject and baseball is starting up eventually soon. <laughs> so um, I've got to start doing some fantasy research, Corey. I, I haven't, I don't know who's playing on any of these teams. I think Max Scherzer's on the nationals. I don't know what's going on. So it's going to be crazy um, and excited. And please guys listen to these guys, life group podcast. They do a good job. I've been trying to listen more the last couple of weeks myself and they, they do an excellent job. Very, very fun. Listen, a fun, easy listen uh, and guys, you know, good guys who do, who do a good show and, and, and it's interactive as well. Absolutely. And like I said, you know, when it comes to total bases, get your latest information as you get ready for the fantasy season, they would go team by team talking about who you might want to pick up long-term and short-term if you're in a dynasty league as well. But uh, Jay, uh, Every week, I have a short-term memory on the other podcast that I'm involved with, comedy podcasts, where, you know, they have a great time making fun of me, apparently, every week. Do you remember what the name of it is? You don't know Jackie. 
You don't know Jackie, Jackie Andy, Jackie Rachel, Jackie Corey, the po- the comedy podcast for the ages. Yep. Uh, this past week we did uh, talking about people who, celebrities who had birthdays in the year 1995, the year that Jackie Rachel, our youngster on the on the program, was born. I, I mean, wait, 1995. Who who the fuck celebrity is that? What celebrities were born in 1995 other than Timothy Chalamet? Who's that? Really? <laughs> he's Timothy Chalamet. Who is? He's an actor, right? Yes, he's an actor. What show was he on? No, he was. He's in. He's in movies. He was. Um, Call me by your name. He's nominated for best picture. Call me by yeah. your name. Yeah, yes. Uh, he's going to be in the movie Dune coming out later this year. You know, one of the bigger uh, movies on HBO Max. If you want to get that. He's been in a couple of films. You oh, call me by your name. You've been nominated for a couple of Academy Awards. I'm I'm way out on this. All right, go ahead, go ahead. And so. uh, then Megan The Stallion and a bunch of you know artists are you know we're, are all and a bunch of YouTube people that nobody cares about. But it turned out to be a really fun episode. I found out that uh, I've never seen it, but Black Mirror is a reference to your uh, the screen of your phone. I haven't seen it, but I mean. Apparently that's a pretty good show. Maybe uh, check that out at some point as uh, get through every other show on the internet first. But um, this guy's been in a lot of movies. <laughs> but he hasn't been in like, and he's been in all like these indie movies, Hot Summer Nights and these weird indie movies. He hasn't been in anything. Oh, he's an interstellar, but he was like a child then. Whatever. Anyway, go ahead. Fine. Okay. Timothy, then, whoever, whoever Timothy this kid Chalamet. is. Yes. Like I said, he's. I don't even think, I don't think you're saying it right. I don't think it's Chalamet. It's French. Chalamet. Yeah, you say you're definitely saying it wrong. Whatever. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm in a comedy podcast. I'm about to be stupid. Um, and then this upcoming week, we're going to be doing a, my year. You know, the old folk of the show at age 42, 1978, and it's also my wheelhouse. At, Let's go. And then 1985 for uh, Jackie Endy. So that should be a fun. Yeah, the, the real stars, not Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> that is true. Um, but you know, that was a fun time. And uh, Jay, uh, I think we. That, like I said, gonna have you back on to uh, talk about you know the year the year of your birth maybe because you know unlike that year we actually have a couple of stars. I'm gonna let you though decide the uh, as we get out of here. Yeah, let, let's talk about the WWE day. raises. Kenny Omega is a subject that we would love for you guys to be uh, involved into. I know the Wrestle Life group have talked about Kenny Omega. Um, our show went like way longer than we normally normally go, but uh, Kenny Omega is a subject I definitely want to talk about. Is he the best wrestler in the world? Um, please comment on that. Russell Life, what do you think about his run uh, in AEW? So that's something I definitely want to talk about. But Corey, I'll let you start off with the talk about the WWE races. Kenny Omega, I promise you guys we will talk about that on the show in the next couple of weeks for sure because that's an interesting subject for me. We just kind of got long talking about a bunch of other things. Yeah, uh, Brandon Thurston, who we've spoken about um, past week's great on Twitter, WrestleNomics uh, website and podcast, you know, usually – with all the ratings and everything that's going on. One of the people who reported, you know, last week that WWE, their employees were not getting raises this year, even though, you know, record-breaking um, stock and especially with the pandemic, they, they haven't had to um, go on the road and with the firing everybody uh, mid-year. But then it came out earlier today that WWE employees have been given a stock award valued at $3,000 according to multiple sources in the company. Not every employee received the award, but a large number, the stock units vest next month. Employees learned on Friday that salary raises and in promotions were put on hold. Now, all uh, 
um, to let you know, I mean, my company, I, I real world work for, you know, CBS Viacom. Um, we had something similar this year because of the pandemic that there were no uh, bonuses this year. I mean, you know, the company said, you know, hopefully things change and we can have bonuses next year, but we also didn't have, you know, a massive of cut when we have record, you know, setting, you know, quarters and with the network and everything else going on. Jay, I guess I'll let you start with this. I know you're going to take this from the capitalism is good and bad at times, you know, yeah. point of view, but uh, what's your quick thoughts on, you know, WWE being, you know, penny pitchers, to put it nicely. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I don't want to get into your company because you work for them and we yeah, do a, no, we're doing a public show. So I, I, I don't want to get into that, but I guarantee you if NBC had no raises, Chris Collinsworth is, is still getting paid. And uh, Al Michaels, they're not, they're not, they're not deferring their salary to help out the, the, the little man, the middle class. Right. So um, just interesting. Um, yeah. So in terms of the WWE, they're on track to make more money than they've made in a calendar year ever. Uh, they just signed a quadrillion dollar deal with Peacock. Um, to 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 broadcast their show, their pay per views, um, so they're making money hand over fist. Yet they're giving raises of a couple thousand dollar stock options. Here's my thing, and people are gonna say you're a socialist or whatever. I don't even know what the fuck that means to be honest with you. Here's what I do know, and people have said this, like Dr. Kendi. You know, the How to Be an Anti Racist book would absolutely highly suggest that you read that book. Elizabeth Warren is a capitalist. She believes in capitalism. But Elizabeth Warren also is a little bit like, it shouldn't be outright total greed. Like, if you're making a certain percentage, you should then help out the rest of society. If you're making like, like you don't need 18 houses, maybe have 16 houses, and the other houses you would buy, help out whatever, right? That's not our country. Our country is just outright just capitalism and greed. So I'm not anti-capitalism. I am anti-outright greed. And in this case, when people have worked really hard in the WWE for many, many years, um, and we've seen you know these NXT wrestlers apparently they make $100,000 or, or whatever, and Vince McMahon's a billionaire, and they're signing billion-dollar contracts, the, uh, the idea and the idea that these people who really work hard for the WWE when they have an opportunity because they WWE network was sold to Peacock and it made so much money that they didn't get raises based off that is absurd to me. It's, it's absurd to me. And this is what it is, right? Look at what's happening in Texas. You know who's, who's really, really doing well off this disaster in Texas with the snow and the power companies? The Jerry Jones. Yeah. Jerry Jones has made a quadrillion dollars off of this. The governor, by the way, not even uh, in the state. He's in Mexico. So that's that's an aside. You mean the senator. The senator, sorry. The senator yeah. is in Mexico. Sorry. Um, so even though he was the one who hates socialism, doesn't need help, and told other, other states they didn't need help, and then now he's asking for help. I just think there is capitalism and then there's outright greed. And to me, that's what this is. They're cut. They released people. They released people last year. Now they did release um, Cutler 
because he went to a COVID party apparently with his girlfriend. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to speak to that. You know, to me, it sounds like a ridiculous decision. Maybe you suspend him or something. You know, I mean, I don't know why the guy needs to be fired because he went to a COVID, he made a bad decision. Um, he didn't get arrested. He didn't, you know, he didn't do anything like that. So whatever. Um, the decisions they make are for their stockholders. That's it. They're a company that's beholden to their stockholders and they don't give a fuck about their employees for the most part. And so we're seeing that. Um, and if people want to rag on me, uh, I am Jason Brooks. That That is me. That's who I am. Uh, these views are my own. I'm not, I, I am representing the Workshoot podcast, but Corey's views are his views and my views are my views. Um, you know, I'm at fstopblue79 on Twitter. You want to get at me, you can. Um, but this is, it, it's, this is outright greed because you have people who worked hard for your company who you're giving $3,000 raises to. Um, that's like cost of not living. Even, that's like, really, yeah, really that's like a stock, stock options, right? That's a cost of living increase. Um, and if the company lost money, that's different. Uh, you know, I understand that. They did not lose money. <laughs> they didn't lose any money. So, at, you know, anyway, that, that's my. Uh, that's and, my- and, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to take this slightly from a different point of view. I mean, Jay's absolutely correct. The idea that you're making more money than you've ever made in the company's history. And you could say, you know, you didn't know that this was going to happen, especially the fact you're losing the Saudi Arabia deal where you, where you made a ton and that's not coming in this year as a result of, you know, travel restrictions and stuff like that. But you think about this, you let go of the Good Brothers, you let go of a lot of other people during that time period. If you hadn't done that, there would no be forbidden door. There would be most likely a lot of stuff that's going on right now would not be happening. Yes, part of it with the stuff with Kenta might be happening because of that. That was the only way that John Moxie was going to be able to defend the title. But all the stuff with Rocky Romero opening up the door with New Japan and setting up stuff with Impact and now Finju's coming in. And a lot of other stuff going on, that type of stuff may have never happened if the WWE wasn't being so cheap and just looking at their bottom line as a, with the stock. With when these guys who did not have to lose their job, and yes, I understand that we make a lot less money than Vince McMahon does, and the and it's all micro and you know and macroeconomics and stuff that we may not understand on the, the large end side of it. But these people losing their jobs was part one of this. Part two was the idea of the fact that they made more money than they've ever made before. Part three, they've got bigger, you know, bigger deals. The Peacock deal came afterwards. You're telling me after the Peacock deal, these, these people can't get raises or promotions. It's, it's bonkers and, and BS. I mean, who knows what happens behind the scenes? Maybe something's going to happen as a result of the bad publicity that they're getting from the marks on the internet. And I think of course they shouldn't have to, that's the point. It shouldn't be, that they're getting heat. First of all, the first of all, the the I mean, they released a bunch of people. Um, then they signed this deal with Peacock. The stock price went up. Like no one give, no it's one gives down, a shit. It's gone down since, uh, and I'm sure it has one has nothing to do with the other, but it has gone down from last week. I think it's like at forty seven dollars. So it's gone down almost like two bucks. I think in the last. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that that's kind of matriculate. Like they're not getting killed. I mean, things go things go up and down. Right, but, but that's part of like the stock option. You're giving a three thousand dollars stock option. If this, if the stock goes down, that three thousand dollars in stock means even less money. So it's just yeah. like, yeah, it's uh, yeah. you're playing with people's lives. Like I'm saying, like when it comes to you know real life with 
if CBS or whatever company you work for isn't giving you a raise, but they're giving you more, you know, stock in the long run, if the, if the stock is doing really well, that means you're, you're going to make more money. But if the stock tanks, that, that money you thought you were getting from them, you're not getting anyway. And Corey, I mean, that, that should be extra. And by the way, that should be extra. Agreed. That shouldn't be what you fucking get. Congrat. Here you go. And again, there is capitalism and there is outright greed. And I, I think you know where I feel. And um, yeah. So anyway, we, we don't need to get into it anymore. That's the way. That's the way. That's the way I feel um, about it. And you know, I'm I'm always going to come on the side and rail against what I feel like is not right on this podcast, even if it doesn't even if people don't like it or whatever, like, I don't give a shit. You know, we talk about storylines, we talk about wrestling. I love talking about wrestling. But when I feel like something isn't right, you know, whether it's something about race mm-hmm. um, or, you know, politics or, you know, finances, like, look at Tony Khan. As much as AEW, good God, they, they do a lot of shitty stuff I don't like. But Tony Khan didn't release anybody during this. And I think they did make money. So let's 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 keep that clear. A little bit, yeah. Um, and they uh, and and his dad, who owns the Jaguars, uh, hired, yeah. hired hired um, um this strength coach who's a piece of shit. So <laughs> but let's you know whatever. I'm not saying Tony Khan did that, but his dad was involved in hiring a total piece of shit. because that stuff's out there, Chris Doyle. That's not fucking me making shit up. But for Tony Khan, who owns AEW, he didn't. They didn't get rid of anyone. They didn't fire anyone. They could have easily used it as an excuse to say it's a pandemic. We're not making money in the box and you know the box office because people aren't coming. So we've got to release, you know, Joey Janela, Sonny Kiss, you know, whatever. But they didn't do that. And you have to give AEW credit for that. So neither did ROH, neither did NXT. No, did, uh, no, absolutely. Not. I mean, the only people who were let go was if you had problems with the speaking out. Uh, Speaking out movement, if information came out, you know, that was basically, or if there was stuff when it came to overseas where it was just financially right now, there's no way that it gets to, you know. Yeah. And I think some of those people might come back at a later date if they hadn't signed, you know, with other people. But, you know, it's, I guess the end result of this, as we run very long on time here, is WWE try to do better. We know you're not going to, but all we could hope you can do better. But, Jay, we said a lot of words, but, you know, as tradition on this show, the final word is yours. I think we're done here. See ya.